You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Second Timothy chapter 2, beginning in verse number 1, we'll go to verse number 4. The Bible says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Amen. And let's pray. Our Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. And thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for these folks who have taken time out of their schedule and made it a priority today to be in church. I pray that you'd bless them. Lord, I pray that they would not uh, just receive the satisfaction of knowing that they came to church, but I pray that they would receive a blessing from being here. And I pray that uh, we would all take something home with us from your word that we could live and apply and uh, make a part of our lives. I pray, Lord, that you'd bless the uh, junior church right now. Thank you for Brother Chad and Miss Don on their faithfulness in that ministry. I thank you for all of our uh, bus uh, classes that are meeting right now and all the junior churches that are uh, meeting for our bus ministry. I pray you bless them. Thank you for the nursery workers. I thank you for those who are working in our sound booth and our radio room. Thank you for the security this hour. I thank you for uh, each and every person who is here. I pray for those that could not be here but are listening by way of radio and by uh, watching by way of internet. I pray you'd speak to their hearts and give us something today. Lord, we love you. And we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for these veterans. I pray you'd bless them. And may they know and may they uh, uh, feel uh, our gratitude and our thanks to them for what they have done uh, for this great country. We pray these things this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. We see in 2 Timothy that the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy. He calls him his son in the faith. And he says to Timothy, he says, I want to challenge you to be not just a soldier because everybody that's saved, everybody that knows Christ is already a soldier, okay? I want to just get that out there. If you're here this morning and you're saved, you've been born again, you are a soldier for Jesus Christ. Now, the question is, are you a good soldier or are you not a good soldier? The question is, am I a good soldier or not? I want to be a good soldier. I want to fight the fight. I want to finish the course. I want to keep the faith. And Paul explains to Timothy in this passage, I believe, how we can be good soldiers for the Lord Jesus Christ. These are the last words that Paul will ever write on this earth. Paul knows that he is facing his execution Uh, He is in a a, a prison. He is awaiting the time when uh, his head will be chopped off. And so he knows his days are few. And he admonishes Timothy to endure hardness as a good soldier. I want you to notice a couple thoughts quickly in this passage. Number one, Paul is writing to Timothy not just as a soldier but as a son. It says in verse number one, Thou therefore, my son... Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. You see, Timothy was not Paul's son uh, physically, but he was his son spiritually. Now, you say, well, that's good for Paul. You know, he was a a preacher, and he was an evangelist, and he was a missionary, and, and so he should have been 
training somebody. He should have been mentoring somebody. But I want to tell you this morning, every one of us have a responsibility to teach and to train and to encourage somebody else. You say, well, how do you know that? I know that because that's the Great Commission. The Great Commission is people need to get saved, right? Then they get baptized, and then we're supposed to teach them to teach others. And that's exactly what Paul says here. The things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So Paul identifies Timothy as his son in the faith. I want to ask you this morning, who is your son in the faith? Who is your daughter in the faith? Uh, It could be a son or a daughter, or it could be a grandchild. It could be somebody in a Sunday school class. It could be somebody in a master club class. It could be somebody in your Christian school class. It could be a neighbor. It could be a coworker. And it doesn't have to be somebody that's younger than you. That you know, you could have somebody that's older than you that you could encourage and you could help and you could instruct. But Paul recognizes his responsibility to take Timothy and to teach him and to help him. I don't know who would be on your list, but I hope there'd be somebody on your list. If you were to make a list of the Timothys that that you want to help, that you want to encourage, that you want to pray for, that you want to invest in, I hope there's a lot of names on that list. I sat yesterday uh, in the home of Brother Wesley Newsom, and uh, his two sons were there, and uh, a lot of his grandchildren were there, and they're all adults. But all those grandchildren, they went around the room. And you know what everyone had to say? Granddaddy helped us. Granddaddy encouraged us. Granddad, one of the granddaughters said this. She said, granddaddy would say, are you coming to church tomorrow? But he wasn't, that wasn't a yes or no question. Because even when she said she wasn't, he said, well, I'll be by to pick you up at 1030. <laughs> you know? Uh, how many of you know those are sometimes the questions that parents and grandparents can ask, right? And the answer is, yes, you're going to go. But, but, but they were saying that, these grand, granddaughters were saying this, and they were saying it like, that was so good for us. That's what we needed. We thank God that we had a grandfather that loved God and loved us and cared for us, and, and he would have given the shirt off his back to help somebody. And friend, I want to tell you, this life is not about you. This life is not about me. This life is about how can we help somebody else? Who are we teaching? Who are we training? Uh, Everybody is so absorbed with self that sometimes we forget there's a world out there that needs you. There are people at your workplace. There are neighbors that you have. There are friends and family members that need you to take some time out of your schedule to say, I'm going to invest in somebody else who is your son. I was talking about Brother Wally Davis in the uh, announcement time, but Brother Wally Davis was a man, an evangelist, who invested in me. He was somebody that, I tell you, he was an amazing preacher. And boy, he'd get up and preach in those services. And I remember being on the edge of my seat, even the messages I had heard before. And I was on the edge of my seat, and the power of God, and the, the, the Holy Spirit was working. But can I tell you, he'd get off that, that platform and get, step down from that pulpit, preaching to hundreds and thousands. And you know what he would do? He'd spend one-on-one time encouraging and helping and teaching. And friend, I want to tell you, we need you to reach somebody. Who's in church today because of you? Who is, who is uh, uh, spiritually stronger today because of you? Maybe we need to not only fill up the Timothy list, but maybe we need to wipe out the gossip list. 
Maybe we need to wipe out the criticism list. Maybe we need to wipe out the negative list. Maybe if we're honest, we say, I discouraged more people this week than I did encourage. And friend, that's a problem. Because if you are a discouragement, if I'm a discouragement, we're not a good soldier for Jesus Christ. We're fighting against the cause if we discourage. But number one, there was a son. Paul said, my son. Uh, uh, Timothy was his son. He was somebody that he had invested in. But secondly... Paul said, if you're going to be a good soldier, not only do you need to learn some things and get some things and catch on to some things, but he said, secondly, he said, you need to have the strength. You know, it's amazing to me that I've never served in the military. I thank God for all those that have. But I'm amazed at these military folks. They go to boot camp. They go to training. I'm amazed how many push-ups they do. I'm amazed how many miles they march. I'm amazed at how far they run. I'm amazed at the strength and the training that they have to prepare themselves for battle. Well, friend, if we're going into battle, let me rephrase that. If we're already in the battle, we better have some strength. We don't need weak Christians. We don't need wimpy Christians. We don't need anemic Christians. We need Christians that are strong for the battle. And Paul said this in verse number one, be strong in your church membership. Is that what it says? No. He says, Timothy, be strong in your education. Be strong in your great experiences that you have to fall back on. It's not what he says. He says, Timothy, you're going to have to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And friend, I want to tell you, our strength does not come from ourselves. Our strength, you say, well, you know, I feel like I need the Lord some today. because oh, No, we need the Lord a lot today. We need all of him today. Oh, I can do all things through Christ, but I can do nothing in myself. Our strength comes from the grace that is in Christ Jesus. It's interesting that he says, be strong in the grace. Because grace is God's goodness. Grace is uh, God's favor. Grace is God's blessing. And you know how you can get some strength for the battle? Just stop and think about how good God's been. Think about all that God has done in your life. The grace of God, the Bible says, it is God's grace that saves us. You, you and I, we didn't get saved apart from the grace of God. For by grace are you saved through faith. The grace of God not only saves us, but the grace of God keeps us. It sustains us. It keeps us going. The last verse in the Bible Revelation 22, 21, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Do you think that's an accident? Do you think that God just didn't know how to wrap up the Bible, so he just picked a verse? No, God knew that we would need his grace to make it through. It's the grace of God that saves. It's the grace of God uh, that sustains, but it is the grace of God that cleanses us. Titus 2 says, the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Hey, friends, grace is not a license to sin. Grace is not a, a ticket to go out and do whatever you want. Grace cleanses us, and it keeps us close to God, and it keeps us right with God. That's what the grace of God can do. And the grace of God is that which... Uh, grows us and allows us to grow in Christ, 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, number one, Paul is speaking to Timothy as his son, but number two, he says you must have strength. Your strength, Timothy, does not come from yourself, but your strength comes from Jesus 
Christ. Moses said it in Deuteronomy. He said, be strong and of a good courage. Joshua said it to the people, be strong and very courageous. David said it to his son Solomon. He said, my son, uh, be strong. Uh, don't, don't be afraid. Uh, don't fear. Don't quit. Keep going. Be strong for the battle. Ezra says that you may be strong. Isaiah says, be strong, fear not. Haggai says, yet now be strong, for I am with you, saith the Lord. 1 Corinthians 16, Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men and be strong. We see that we are commanded to be strong in the Lord. Number three, our source, and I've already said it, but the source of our strength is not in us. The source of strength is not in a church. The source of strength is not in a pastor. The source of strength is not in a TV program or a, a devotional series. And I'm all for those things. Those are good. But our strength must come from Jesus Christ. He is all we need. He is all you need for the strength, for the battle, for the strength, for those things that you're fighting. He is the source of our strength. Quickly, I see fourthly in this passage, I see there must be some substance says in verse 2, the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Now, I want you to hear me out. I don't want you to, to just take a piece of what I say and, and run with it. I want you to hear the, the whole explanation. I think every one of us should be able to say, I believe the Bible I believe the Bible is the word of God. I believe it from cover to cover. I think those are things that we should say and we should mean, right? I mean, those are good things. However, I want to say this. If we say we believe the Bible, it'd be a good idea to read it so you know what it says. You say, well, I don't need to know what it says. I just believe it. No, no, well, hang on. I'm glad you believe it, and you should believe it. But if this book really is the word of God, don't you think we ought to know what it says? Do you think God wrote all this stuff just for us to carry around in a big book and, and, and try to look important? No, God gave it. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. God has given us his word and we should believe it, but we should know what it says. I'm going to challenge you uh, as we get closer to January, but I'm going to challenge you next year, if you've never read the Bible from cover to cover, you ought to make it a, a goal for 2024 and say, this year, I'm going to read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. If you have read the Bible through, I want to encourage you to read it again. I want to encourage you to memorize it. I want to encourage you to study it. I want to encourage you to know what it says because... If you don't know what it says, it's hard to give it to somebody else. I, I don't have any, any cash on me. I had money. Actually, right before this service, I had a $20 bill. And I gave it to Chloe. And she went to the bookstore. And I have no idea if I'll see any more of that. Oh, well, my wife's got the change. Hallelujah. All is not lost. Oh, man. How much you got there, Joanna? Oh, man. I'm... You say, why are you getting it now? <clears throat> Thank you so much. Whew. Because if I don't get it now, I would. No, 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 I would see it later. I've got $15 right here. I got a 10 and a 5. But if you were to come to me after church and you were to say, Pastor, I need 50 bucks, 5 0. 
I would tell you, now, now I have $50, I just don't have it on me, okay? If you need $50 like right now, you better see Brother Dan. He's always got money. The man's, the man's loaded. Um, but, but if you said, I need 50 bucks, I could say, I'm so sorry. I wish I could help you. Oh, oh you know what? But the truth of the matter is right now on my person, I don't have $50. I have 15. And as well-meaning and as well-intentioned as I may be, I cannot give you something that I don't have. And friend, this week, there's going to be a lot of people that need something from you. And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about they're going to need your testimony this week. They're going to need your prayers. They're going to need your encouragement. Hey, you say, oh, my children, I feel so bad. I don't have a lot of money to pass down to them. Don't worry about that. The greatest thing you can pass down to your children is not money. It is a godly heritage. It is an example of faithfulness. It is a commitment to God. It is for you to be a good soldier for Jesus Christ. But you can't give somebody else what you don't have. And Paul said to Timothy, the things that you've heard, the things that you've received, the same commit to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Number four, there must be some substance. You see, I'm afraid our Christianity, if we're not careful, our Christianity is we open the Bible on Sunday morning, we hear a sermon, and then we don't open the Bible again till next Sunday. Now, friend, I want to tell you, that will not cut it on the battlefield. That will not make it in the war against the world, the flesh, and the devil. You and I, we've got to have some substance. We've got to have something that's real. That's why I believe sometimes Christians, when they go through trials, they quit, they run. How come? Because there was not a foundation. Because there was not something inside that was real. And you and I, we need to have a relationship with the Lord that is so real that when the trials come, we don't run. But when the trials come, we stand our ground and we stand with the source of strength that God has given us through his word and through the Holy Spirit. Number four, there must be substance. The things that thou hast heard of me. Quickly, number five, I see in this passage, I see there will be suffering. It's interesting that Paul doesn't give a lot of requirements about being a good soldier, but he does make it very clear to Timothy. He said, you will endure hardness. The word hardness means hardship, means troubles, it means burdens, it means afflictions, problems. Now, most of us, we, we, we get saved and, and we, we think that the Christian life is going to be a life of ease and there's no more problems and everything's fine. No, no, no. That's heaven, okay? That, that's not right here. God never promised your life would be without problems, but God promised that he would be with you through the problems. He promised he'd give you strength. He promised he'd help you along the way. And so Paul says you're going to have to endure hardness as a good soldier. The word number five is the word suffering. To endure, it means to suffer patiently. It means to live through something, to go through something, to deal with something. You see, when you go into battle and the enemy begins to fight, you can't run. That's not, that's not the correct response. The answer is that you stand. The answer is that you fight. And friend, as we go into battle this week against the world, the flesh, and the devil, as we go into battle in the Lord's army, there's going to be some hardships. But when those hardships come, it's not the time to run. 
It's the time to stand and the time to fight and the time to rely upon the Lord. I want you to turn with me just a couple pages back to Ephesians chapter 6. Two years ago, I preached an entire series on the armor of God. Ephesians 6 was written by Paul to the church at Ephesus. And would you like to know who was the pastor of the church at Ephesus? It was Timothy. And so as Paul is writing 2 Timothy at the end of his life, he says, Timothy, you need to be a good soldier. And he had already written Ephesians 6. He had already given them uh, how to uh, fight the good fight of faith and how to put on the armor of God. And he says, Timothy, if you're going to fight the battle, if you're going to uh, stay faithful even in suffering, there's some things you've got to do. You've got to be prepared. Notice with me in verse number 14, stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel and the, the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit and praying always with all prayer and supplication. You see, as you go into battle as a soldier, number six, as you go into battle as a soldier, you've got to have your equipment. You've got to have your weapons. If you're not prepared for the battle, you're in trouble. The other night, uh, brother, my brother-in-law Joseph and then my nephew Aaron, we were over in the gym. We were playing some basketball. And uh, I was in my dress clothes. And I thought, I thought I can take Aaron. You know, I may be in my dress clothes and I may be 44 years old. But you know, in your mind, you still got it. You know what I feel? Yeah, amen, hold me is more like it. You know what I found out? I don't play basketball well anyway, but especially not with my dress shoes, not with my dress clothes. And I found out I was not prepared for that game. And um, Aaron got a W, right? You got a W on that one. But here's the thing. I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't comfortable. I wasn't really feeling it. Not to mention being winded. But, you know, I just wasn't really feeling it. I wasn't prepared. And, and sometimes as Christians, I feel like... We're going out into a battlefield, and that old devil's got his fiery darts that he is hurling at us, and we're standing there without the shield of faith. And we're standing there without the helmet of salvation. We don't have the breastplate of righteousness. We don't have the belt of truth. We don't have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And I want to tell you, without those pieces of armor, you don't stand a chance. And I don't stand a chance. We will be defeated unless... We follow God's blueprint for victory. How to be a soldier. You've got to put on the armor of God. You must realize that you're in a battle. You must recognize that to be a good soldier, you must endure hardness. Paul was writing to Timothy here in this book, in this letter. And Paul undoubtedly was surrounded by Roman soldiers. Real, real life soldiers. The Roman soldiers of the day, they were the strongest. They were the most disciplined. Uh, they were the, the best of the best. But as Paul is looking at those Roman soldiers, he calls to Timothy. He says, Timothy, that's the kind of soldier you need to be, but not for an empire, but for the king of kings and lord of lords. Be a good soldier. Lastly, I see it's found in verse number four, number seven, is to be a good soldier. We must be serious. The Bible says, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him 
who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Now, now time out. This is obviously not talking about sin. I mean, that's a no-brainer. If you have sin in your life that controls you and sin that dictates your actions and your conversations and your thoughts, that sin is going to keep you from victory every single time. But this says you can't be entangled with the affairs of this life. Now, we all have affairs in this life that we have to deal with. You've got a job. You've got a family. You've got a schedule. You've got bills to pay. You've got things to do. We all do. There's not anything wrong with those things. But here's what this verse says. You can't be entangled with those. That word entangled, it has the idea to allow something to interfere. So I've got a job, and I thank God for a job, and I think everybody ought to have a job. You know, it's a good thing. But don't let your job keep you from serving God. Don't let your job keep you from being a good soldier. I think everybody ought to have a family, and I think everybody ought to have friends, and I think you ought to do all you can to to spend time with those people, love those people, but those people can't come between you and God. You, you must have God in the first place that he might have the preeminence. That is a requirement for the Christian. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Don't allow these things to interfere. I'm not against education. As a matter of fact, I'm for it. I think it's a great thing. But if your education interferes with you serving God, that's a problem. Uh, if you're a hobby, I'm all for hobbies. And whether you like to fish or hunt or play golf or whatever you like to do, wonderful. That's great. But it's not great if those things interfere and keep you and keep me from being a good soldier. We must be serious. The Bible says in verse 4, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. Why? So that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. I want to be serious about pleasing the Lord. I hope you do too. That's why we're here. And if you live your whole life and you say, you know, I I made my boss happy and I made my neighbor happy and I made my friends happy, but if you didn't make the Lord happy, I think you'd have to realize that you've missed the mark. I think we'd have to recognize that if we please everybody but we don't please the Lord, then something's wrong. However, if we please nobody but we please the Lord, that is a success. Paul wrote in Galatians 1, verse 10, he said, For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. He said, If I'm trying to please men, then I'm not truly a servant of God. I want to be a soldier. I want to be a good soldier. And I want to please the Lord. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.